Hello, I'm Dr. Jim Taylor, and welcome to episode 11 of my Train Your Mind for Athletic Success podcast. Continuing our exploration of the obstacles that can prevent you from achieving your sports goals, today's topic is part two of Fear of Failure. An article I wrote about fear of failure a while back prompted a reader to ask an obvious question. I now understand why I keep getting in my own way in my sport. I have a fear of failure. So what can I do about it? Let me preface my thoughts by saying that there are entire books devoted to fear of failure and how to overcome it. Also, in severe cases, psychotherapy is required. As with most things in life, there are no magic pills or quick fixes. At the same time, if you have a fear of failure, there are some things you can do to relieve the burden of fear of failure and begin to pursue success rather than avoid failure. The first thing to think about is to reality test your perceptions. The fact is, fear of failure is about the perceptions that you hold about failure and the dire consequences that you believe will occur if you fail. But those perceptions are most likely entirely disconnected from the reality of your life. You may perceive that bad things will happen if you fail, but in all likelihood, in all likelihood, nothing particularly bad, aside from some disappointment, will result from a failure. For example, as I noted in my last podcast, the main causes of fear of failure include disappointing others, being perceived by others as a failure, and having to conclude that all of your efforts have been a waste of time. Yet, I'm going to argue that none of these things will happen. You can challenge these perceptions by asking your parents and friends if they'll be disappointed in you, or as a result, love you less. You can recognize all of the wonderful experiences and important life lessons you'll have learned that will benefit you later in your life. So I encourage you, reality test those perceptions and find out if your fears will come true. I'm pretty sure they won't. From the martial artist Peter Ralston, your perception of the world around you is not necessarily the same as what is actually occurring. Another thing you can do to help reduce your fear of failure is to get support from others. Fear of failure is a difficult obstacle to overcome on your own. So enlist family, friends, coaches, and teammates to help you get over the top. Have them encourage you when you get down on yourself. Challenge your thinking when you go to the dark side. Provide levity when things get heavy for you and give you hope when you don't see any. With many people behind you, you will feel more confident, stronger, and better prepared to face your fears and pursue your athletic goals. Another useful tool is to be cautiously optimistic. If you have a fear of failure, I don't think I can get you to be overwhelmingly optimistic. Everything will turn out great, at least not right away. But you can be cautiously optimistic. Hey, you know what? Maybe good things can happen. You've taken a big step in the right direction. Being cautiously optimistic involves seeing a small ray of hope when you would otherwise see gloom and doom. It means acknowledging that bad things could happen, while at the same time also recognizing the many good things that could happen. Cautious optimism means giving yourself even a small chance of being successful, which opens the door to more hope, confidence, and even more optimism with every opportunity you give yourself. You're focusing, again, on success rather than failure. From Helen Keller, Optimism is the faith that leads to achievement. Nothing can be done without hope and confidence. Taking risks is another great way to help you overcome your fear of failure. As I noted in a previous podcast, the very nature of sport is that you cannot perform your best and find success without taking risks. You won't find real success unless you put it on the line. The problem is that when you take risks, you may fail. But if you don't take risks, you are guaranteed to not perform well, which is the worst kind of failure. I encourage you to make a commitment to taking risks for two reasons. First, to show you that you will be okay if you fail. Second, to show you that when you take risks, good things can happen, though not always, of course. 
You should start small with your risk-taking, for example, in practice where the consequences of failure are minimal, and slowly intensify your risk-taking into increasingly more important competitions. In doing so, you get comfortable with taking risks, facing failure, and you see that the downsides aren't so down, and the upsides are really up. From Lou Brock, the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame player, show me a guy who's afraid to look bad, and I'll show you a guy you can beat every time. Related to taking risks, is it's really important as you face your fear of failure to take your shot. Now, taking your shot is inherently risky. And what I mean by taking your shot is you're putting yourself out there completely. You're giving it everything you have. But it is far better to take your shot and lose than to never take your shot at all. There's a quote from a Michael Jordan poster that says something like, I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the winning shot, and I missed. I failed and failed and failed over and over again in my life, and that is why I succeed. Another great quote from hockey legend Wayne Gretzky, I missed 100% of the shots I didn't take. All those misses by those two superstars didn't prevent them from continuing to take their shot and hitting far more buzzer beaters and goals than they missed. And there's one simple fact here. If you don't take your shot, you guarantee that you will fail. And the great thing about all of these steps to overcome fear of failure is that they build on each other. The more you challenge your fear of failure, the more you see that your fear is unfounded and unnecessary. And as you do so, you will learn two very important lessons. First, failure is fleeting and you will long outlive it. Second, when you let go of your fear of failure, you will actually perform better and will be more successful than ever. So your goal is to develop a new perspective on failure that takes away its fear. A healthy relationship with failure will free you to strive for success without reservation, to take risks, and to vigorously pursue your athletic dreams. Because you're looking at success, not looking back at failure. In time, you will come to know in your heart that some failure is not only okay, but is actually also essential to your athletic efforts, and in no way a negative judgment on your athletic goals or a reflection on you as an athlete or a person. In fact, your ability to persevere in the face of failure says far more about you than how you respond to success in your sport. If you can develop a healthy relationship with failure, you will be afforded a much better chance of success and satisfaction in your life, and you will be liberated to pursue your goals with absolute abandon and gusto. From soccer legend Johan Cruyff, you can't score a goal if you don't take a shot. If you can accept the possibility of total failure and realize that even if it should occur, you'll be okay, you remove any threat it might hold over you. When you feel no more threat from the consequences of failure, you will no longer live in fear of it. You will feel as if a great weight has been lifted off your shoulders, and you will feel free to perform your best without reservation or hesitation. You will be able to throw yourself into your sport and pursue it with absolute freedom. This shift will allow you to live by two cardinal rules that are fundamental to athletic success. Rule number one is that at the end of a competition, season, or your life, I don't want you to ask, I wonder what could have been. That may be the saddest question you can pose to yourself because there are no redos in life. You want to look back and win or lose be able to say, I left it all out there. And as I alluded to earlier in this podcast, only by leaving it all out there do you have any chance of fulfilling your goals. Rule number two is that the one emotion I don't want you to experience is regret. Regret is defined as to feel sorry or disappointed about something that one wishes could be different, a sense of loss or longing for something gone. In other words, darn it, I wish I'd gone for it. 
In the end, I want you to be able to say, I gave it everything I had, and experience two emotions, pride and fulfillment in having given it your all. If you can follow these two rules, I believe that you will find success in your sport and experience a healthy, successful, and happy life. An unknown quote, I'd rather look back on my life and say, I can't believe I did that, instead of saying, I wish I did that. A former teammate of mine sent me a Facebook comment a while back asking, is there a phenomenon called fear of success or something like that? Well, in fact, there is, and it's worth discussing in this podcast because in addition to fear of failure, I see fear of success frequently in my work with athletes. Fear of success, you might ask, why would anyone be afraid of becoming successful? Isn't that what everyone wants? Yet athletes who feel threatened by achievement often harbor a fear of success. This fear is not based on achieving success itself, but rather on the ramifications of success. As the opposite side of the fear of failure coin, fear of success is thought of as the belief that a successful experience will lead to some sort of bad consequences down the road, such as the pressure to constantly match or exceed previous achievements, unwanted attention and recognition, social and emotional isolation, and a predetermined and fixed future. Let me explain a little more there. In a sense, attaining success raises the bar for athletes, creating greater expectations of success and more pressure to succeed. Let's be realistic. After success, people are naturally going to expect athletes to achieve even greater success next time. Also, athlete successes raise the bar of achievement that is considered successful. For example, if based on your being a consistent top 10 finisher, your expectation of success is obviously a top 10 finish. But what would happen if you then achieved several top five finishes or got on the podium? The expectation of success shifts higher. You can assume that every time you attain a new level of success, then you will be expected to reach an even higher level the next time. And that's a heck of a burden to carry around. With each success and each new expectation, the burden on you can grow because the higher up the competitive ladder you climb, the more difficult it is to continue to be that successful and the farther you have to fall. Fear of success increases because the pyramid of success becomes narrower the closer you get to the top, and you see failure as more likely, more disappointing to others, and ultimately more threatening to your self-identity, self-esteem, and athletic goals. In other words, failure becomes more threatening. Achieving success can also put you in the spotlight, where you may receive more attention from coaches, peers, and perhaps even the media. With this success and added recognition, you now not only have to deal with your own expectations and those of your family, but also the expectations of many others. Some athletes may not have a temperament that's suited to being at the center of attention. Athletes who are introverted, shy, insecure, or uncomfortable socially may develop a fear of success because of discomfort with this attention. Fear of success enables them to avoid the spotlight, but unfortunately, it also keeps them from fully achieving their goals. Peer acceptance is often important to young athletes, and success can cause them to feel or become separated from their peers. Fear of success may arise from concerns related to jealousy, rivalry, and worries about becoming socially isolated when they beat friends, teammates, or rivals. As a means of avoiding the possibility of being ostracized by their peers, athletes may sabotage their efforts to ensure that they remain connected to and accepted by their peers. Finally, one of the dangers of early success in sports is being pushed into a future life course to which you may not necessarily aspire. For example, a gymnast may show great promise at a young age and as a result become strongly encouraged by her parents and coaches to pursue gymnastics. But her real passion may be music. Showing promise in sports can cause your parents to see a bright future for you in your sport. They may then direct your life toward a predetermined future without even asking you whether that life path is one that you want to follow. And you may have been too young to push back and to acquiesce to the pressure. 
Fear of success may arise out of concern that you will be required to live a life for which you have little interest or motivation to pursue. The easiest way to circumvent this overly rigid future is to avoid the success that will lead to that undesired future. In other words, to fail. From the motivational speaker Jack Canfield, everything you want is on the other side of fear. Not long ago, an athlete I worked with told me that after a terrible first half, he ended up having a great game. I asked him why, and he said this, after playing horribly in the first half, I felt like I had nothing to lose. I asked him why he had played so poorly in the first half of the game. He said that he was feeling a lot of pressure to play well and was so focused on needing to have a good game that he didn't think about what he needed to do to play and have a good game. After the first half, he said that he had no chance of winning, so he just relaxed and played. The phrase nothing to lose got me thinking about how it related to fear of failure. For athletes who have a fear of failure, the opposite applies. They perform as if they have everything to lose. That everything, as I discussed previously, can range from their parents not loving them, to their friends not liking them, to them being labeled as losers, to the humiliation and shame of failure, to the end of their athletic careers. These perceptions cause a cascade of thoughts and feelings that pretty much doom you to a poor performance. Outcome focus, thinking about what the result you want. Expectations, feeling the need to have a great result. Pressure, to fulfill your and others' expectations. Overthinking, just a lot of noise unnecessarily in your head. Thinking about the future, thinking about what might happen in the competition. Excessive intensity, getting really nervous. Tentative performance, being too cautious and too conservative. And, of course, no fun. There's no enjoyment in that experience. With so much to lose and with so many obstacles in your way, you can't help but feel threatened, unmotivated, unconfident, anxious, and unfocused. The inevitable result is tentative, cautious, mistake-ridden performances and the occurrence of the very thing that you fear the most, failure. I then got to thinking about what that athlete thought about and felt like in the second half of his game. By believing he had nothing to lose, he created a tectonic shift in his psychology from the first half that turned his performance around completely. Most basically, he let go of his fear of failure because he believed that he'd already failed. In doing so, he shed his expectations and the pressure it produced. He stopped thinking and relinquished conscious control of his performance. The athlete was totally focused on the process in the present with no thought of his poor first half or the ultimate outcome of the game, which he thought he'd already lost. Importantly, as he described it, he stopped thinking and just let his body do what he trained it to do. And even more importantly, he said that unlike in the first half, he actually had fun. What resulted was a second half performance entirely opposite of the first half. He felt relaxed yet energized. He played aggressively and took a lot of good risks that paid off. And not surprisingly, he played really well, enough to turn the game around and win. So here's a realization that you have to have. You should always perform as if you have nothing to lose. Why? Because the reality is that you really don't have that much to lose. Sure, if you lose, you'll be disappointed. But as I said before, you'll get over it. If you lose, you will still be a good person. You will still be loved and valued by others, and you will still find success in your life. In other words, if you lose, you'll be okay. What's the lesson here? Perform as if you have nothing to lose every time you walk onto the court, course, field, or what have you. And ironically enough, by performing like you have nothing to lose, you're far less likely to lose, and you're far more likely to find the success that you want so much. Another unknown quote, fear the one who has nothing to lose, for they have everything to gain. I'm Dr. Jim Taylor, and thanks for listening to episode 11 of Train Your Mind for Athletic Success, and be on the lookout for episode 12 in the near future.